My name is Michelle, and I will be your moderator for this class. Welcome to the Madison, Wisconsin Branch School. This is a school and not a church, and neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. This school is a nonprofit, non-denominational, religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh, our Elohim, and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern, and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley, in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. We were incorporated in the state of California in the year 1958. We hold classes in the United States, Canada, and certain other foreign countries. The Madison branch was established in 1987. In this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title of the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The true name of the Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The true title of the Word or Son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. The name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. That means that Elohim is a title that our creator chose for himself. Jesus is a name, but it's an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part into a good dictionary or encyclopedia would prove that neither the Hebrew language, the Greek language, or the Latin language have any characters or letters in their alphabet that produce a sound that is made by this letter J. Neither was there a letter J in the English language until some 1400 years after the Messiah's death. Therefore, such names as Jesus or Jehovah are impossible renderings of the true and original name of our Father and His Son. Christ is a title, just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit, and in this state, He is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. We have Yahweh in His pure spirit state, symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud to symbolize himself because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. We have drawn this cloud all around the edges of this chart to show you that everything on the chart is within the cloud. In like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh, knowing that man could not perceive of him in this pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Elohim. This is the word or son, a superincorporeal being that is having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form can only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelations. Later on, this self-same spirit manifested himself in a physical body and walked the earth plane as Yahshua the Messiah, whom the world calls Jesus Christ. Now there is only one name given unto salvation, and we must know that name. 
So the simple yet intelligent question that we should ask ourselves is, what was the name of the Savior during the time he walked the earth plane? A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface of a Holy Name Bible. Also at this school, we teach by the divine pattern of the universe. It is called the divine pattern because it is Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of Egypt, he called Moses atop Mount Sinai and showed him the tabernacle pattern in a vision. Yahweh instructed Moses to build one exactly like it in the wilderness of Sinai. The pattern consists of a most holy place, holy place, and a court roundabout. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and function of this threefold tabernacle pattern, that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. The primary constitutional objectives and aims of the Institute are as follows. First, help you find and know Yahweh, our Elohim, as he really is and actually exists. Second, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah, without distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Third, to investigate the unexplained spirit law, or so-called law of nature, and the powers latent in man. Fourth, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, and modern practical and occult science. Fifth, to extirpate current superstition, skepticism, and ignorance. Sixth, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through dispensations and ages. Seventh, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the dragon, the devil, or Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eight, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith, which is once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Ninth, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained, there is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved, save in the name of Yahshua the Messiah. And tenth, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah with the hope of mortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace and our slogan is speak the truth. Our scripture reading this evening will be Acts, the fifth chapter. And that will please be read by Dr. Delilah Tucker of our Madison, Wisconsin School. And if we could begin class with a prayer from Dr. Gail Josephson of the Green Bay, Wisconsin School. Thank you. Uh, Gail stepped aside to take a phone call. Rick, will you do a prayer? Good evening, everyone. So I'll take a moment and thank Yahweh for gathering us together again in Yahshua's name. Thank you for his grace and love. And thank him for the promise that he will keep his till the end. In Yahshua's precious name, everyone. Hallelujah. 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 Good evening. I'll be reading Acts, the fifth chapter. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession 
and kept back part of the price. His wife also being privy to it and bought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why hath Satan filled, filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back part of the price of the land? Whilst it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto Yahweh. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. And great fear came on all of them that heard these things. And the young man arose, wound him up, and carried him out, and buried him. And it was about the space of three hours after when his wife, not knowing what was done, came in. And Peter answered unto her, tell me whether ye sold the land for so much. And she said, yea, for so much. Then Peter said unto her, how is it that ye have agreed together to tempt the spirit of Yahweh? Behold, the feet of them which have buried thine husband are at the door and shall carry thee out. Then fell she down straightway at, her, at his feet and yielded up the ghost. And the young man came in and found her dead and carried her forth, buried her by her husband. And great fear came upon all the church and upon as many as heard these things. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And of the rest, durst no man join himself to them, but the people magnified them. And believers were the more added to Yahweh, multitudes both of men and women, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks, and them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed, every one. Then the high priest rose up, and all they that were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation, and laid their hands on the apostles, and put them in the common prison. But the angel of Yahweh by night opened the prison doors, and brought them forth, and said, Go, stand and speak to the temple, to the people, all the words of this life. And when they heard that, they entered into the temple early in the morning and taught. But the high priest came, and they that were with him, and called the council together, and all the senate of the children of Israel, and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came and found them not in the prison, they returned and told, saying, the prison truly found we shut with all safety and the keepers standing without before the doors. But when we had opened, we found no man within. Now when the high priest and the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these things, they doubted of them whereunto this would grow. Then came one and told them, saying, Behold, the men whom ye put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then went the captain with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people, lest they should have been stoned. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, 
And the high priest asked them, saying, did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with all your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey Yahweh rather than man. Yahweh, the Elohim of our fathers, raised up Yahshua, whom ye slew and hang on the tree. Him hath Yahweh exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses of these things. And so it also, and so is also the Holy Spirit, whom Yahweh hath given to them that obey him. When they heard that, they were cut to the heart and took counsel to slay them. Then stood there up one in the council, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a doctor of the law, had in reputation among all the people and commanded to put the apostles forth a little space and said unto them, ye men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what ye intend to do as touching these men. For before these days rose up, the Theodos boasting himself to be somebody to whom a number of men, about 400, joined themselves who were slain and all, as many as obeyed him, were scattered and brought to naught. After this man rose up, Judas of Galilee in the days of the taxing and drew away much people after him, he also perished. And all, even as many as obeyed him, were dispersed. And now I say unto you, refrain from these men and let them alone. For if this counsel or this work be of men, it will come to naught. But if it be of Yahweh, ye cannot overthrow it. Lest glad happily ye be found even to fight against Yahweh. And to him they agreed. And when they had called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Yahshua and let them go. And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and in every house, they cease not to teach and preach Yahshua the Messiah. Thank you. Welcome everyone to class tonight. We're glad everyone's here. We have a few visiting brethren with us. We appreciate you coming out to study with us. Thank you for coming. We would also like to welcome anyone that's watching us on YouTube this evening. And with that, we will have a three speaker format with each speaker having approximately 35 minutes. And our first speaker that we would like to call would be Dr. Mike Josephson, president of the Green Bay, Wisconsin School. Thank you. Good evening, everyone. Um, hey, Mike. This is a really interesting scripture. Um, kind of tells the life of the apostles and disciples after Yahshua resurrected kind of a, um, Acts the fourth chapter part two um, I 
I don't know why. I don't. I don't want to start with Anderson Safira. How was someone starting to read at uh, verse twelve? And I would also like to ask Dr. Kobe Brown and Dr. Karen Gagno of the Madison, Wisconsin School to please be readers this evening. Fifth chapter, verse 12. Is that what you yeah. want, Mike? Yes, please. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And of the rest, durst no man join himself to them, but the people magnified them. And believers were the more added to Yahweh Elohim's multi, mul geez, multitudes, both of men and women, inasmuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed every one. Then the high priest rose up, and all they that were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation. See, so late. wouldn't that be just the way it is that there be there be signs and, and wonders, and then someone has to be jealous of it and and be angry? That's the okay. sadness. Keep going. Eighteen, and lay their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. But the angel of Yahweh by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, go stand and speak in the temple of the people all the words of this life. So, so at night an angel comes and sets them free and the, the people, they're, 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 so, they're so thankful. They just go right back out in the public again and and, and preach the gospel. It's, it's kind of a cool thing. Um, keep going. <clears throat> and when they heard that, they entered into the temple early in the morning and talked. But the high priest came and they that were with him and called the council together and all the senate of the children of Israel and sent to prison to have them brought. But when the officers came and found them not in prison, they returned and told, saying, the prison truly found we shut with all safety and keepers standing without before the doors. But when we had opened, we found no man within. Now, when the high priest and the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these things, they doubted of them whereto this would grow. Then came one and told them, saying, Behold, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then went the captain with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people, 
least they should have been stoned. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council. And the high priest asked them, saying, Did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey Yahweh rather than men. That's Peter again, just like he said in the fourth chapter, and whether it be right in your eyes or any eyes, we're going to listen to Yahweh, not to man. Here, here. It's just a, you know, the class could be that 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 much exciting for us too, you know that it 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 just involves our whole being. It involves everything that we do. We get up in the morning. And we should be proud of this gospel and, and preach it to whoever was willing to listen to it. You know, sometimes we we get a little jaded and we get a little old in this class and we kind of forget how, how marvelous and beautiful it was when we first heard it. But it's but it still is. It you know it it's 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 real. Is, is the day that we first heard it. Keep going. 30. And Yahweh our fathers raised up Yahshua, whom you slew and hanged on a tree. Him hath Yahweh exalted with his right hand to be a prince and savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are the witnesses of these things. And so it is also the Holy Spirit which Yahweh hath given to them that obey him. When they heard that, they were cut to the heart and took counsel to slay them. Then stood there up one in the council, a Pharisee's name, Gamaliel, a doctor of the law, had in reputation among all the people and commanded them to put the apostles forth a little space and said unto them, you men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what ye intend to do as touching these men. For before these days rose up, Flaudas, boasting himself to be somebody, to whom a number of men, about 400, joined themselves, who was slain, and all as many as obeyed him were scattered and brought to naught. After this man rose up Judas of Galilee, and in the days of the taxing and drew away from people after him, he also perished and all, even as many as obeyed him were dispersed. And now I say unto you, refrain from these men and let them alone. For if this counsel or this work be of men, it will come to naught. But if it be of Yahweh, you cannot overthrow it least happily be found even to fight against Yahweh. You know, it's, and, you know, Gamaliel, who was not one of the Oshawans, he said, um, 
you said we, we I'm not going to speak against this um, if it's a, if it's for if it's of man it it's going to just it's not going to last but if it's of Yahweh we we definitely can't speak against it um, it's a really good scripture reading I'll say that about it um, Uh, I, I think that's all I have, though. Um, thanks for the time. Thank you. Our next speaker will please be Dr. Sasha Rachmilievich of the Madison, Wisconsin School. Good evening, everyone. Can you hear me well? Good evening, Sasha. Yeah, I am uh, happy to be here. And I also liked uh, the scripture reading. And uh, I enjoyed the remarks, the first speaker. And um, <clears throat> we'll try to continue working a little bit with the scripture reading. I was thinking about a couple of things when the scripture was read. So uh, let's see, we are reading Acts fifth chapter. And what we read here, it's what uh, we are uh, reading among other things, how uh, the uh, religious leader uh, put uh, uh, Peter to uh, and John to in uh, jail for uh, preaching. Was it uh, Peter and John or just Peter alone? I'm just trying to remember. I, I think it was a Peter. There's uh, other Peter. apostles. Right. For uh, preaching in the name of Yahshua the Messiah. And several times we read here that they uh, they forbidden them to uh, preach in the name of uh, Yahshua, but um, the, uh, Peter and other apostles, uh, well, said, "Not we're not uh, we're not going to do it. We're going to continue uh, preaching." So let's. Uh, uh, Let's read from verse 27. 47. And when they had brought, uh, uh, so I'm assuming you want the fifth chapter of the scripture reading. Correct. Mm -hmm. 27. And when they brought them, they sat them before the council and the high priest asked them saying, did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. 29. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey Yahweh rather than men. Then Yahweh our fathers raised up Yahshua, whom ye slew, excuse me, and hanged on a tree. 
him has Yahweh exalted with his right hand to be a prince and savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses of these things. And so is also the Holy Spirit, whom Yahweh has given to them that obey him. Thank you. So uh, Peter and other apostles are preaching the gospel and they're saying that we are, we are going to continue to preach in the name of Yahshua. And they, they're talking about Yahshua being a savior and they're talking about the gospel of the uh, forgiveness of uh, sin. And let's read what happens next, verse 33. 33. When they heard that, they were cut to the heart and took counsel to slay them. Then Thank you. That's what I, no, that, that's, that's okay. That's what I want to uh, kind of to talk about a little bit on this verse 33. When they, and who are they, these religious leaders, when they heard that, they were caught to their heart and to counsel to slay them. So the religious leader uh, hearing the gospel of Yahshua, the Messiah, and this gospel is affecting their heart. So it's causing some uh, uh, response within them. But response it's causing is, you know, to, uh, to slay them, you know, to punish them. You know, it's a evil response. So it's a response against the gospel. Now, very similar thing we read in a, a couple scripture, a couple uh, chapters before that, how Peter is preaching the gospel and, the, uh, and Peter are cut in the heart, but the response is very different. And it's good to compare these two places. Please go to uh, Acts chapter two and start reading from verse 32. And so what we read here is when uh, Peter and uh, other 120 disciples received the Holy Spirit, then Peter started preaching, kind of similar to what we read in the fifth chapter, preaching the gospel of Yahshua the Messiah. So let's read Acts 2, 32. Acts 2 and 32. This Yahshua hath Yahweh raised up, whereof we all are witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of Yahweh exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has shed forth this, which you now see and hear. For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he has him, he saith himself, Yahweh said unto my master, sit thou on my right hand, until I make the fo thy foes thy footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that Yahweh has made that same Yahshua whom you have crucified both master and savior. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll interrupt you for a second. So Peter is preaching, you know, the same gospel as we hear uh, him uh, preached in the fifth uh, chapter of uh, Acts, talking about 
Yahshua the Messiah being the Savior. But he's not preaching this gospel in the second chapter to the religious leaders. He's, uh, well, there were religious leaders among these people, but he's uh, preaching to the multitudes, to the people who came together from different places to celebrate the feast of Pentecost. And let's uh, read their reaction. Continue on. 37. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then yes, they Peter said they were, sorry, they said they were pricked in their heart. If you look in the uh, other translation or on, on the margin of the uh, translator in the Bible, it says they were cut in their heart. So in both cases, people are pricked or cut in their heart. But in fifth chapter, where they they wanted to uh, uh, to slay them or to kill uh, Peter and apostles, and here it's a very different response. They're asking Peter, you know, what uh, what shall we do? Uh, continue on reading. Thirty-eight. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Yahshua the Messiah for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as Yahshua our Savior shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received this word, were baptized. And the same day, there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Thank you. So comparing these two uh, places in the Bible, reading the same Acts of the Apostles, we can see that the gospel of Yahshua, the Messiah, it affects the hearts of the people. So it's you know, it does, uh, uh, so it's not like, you know, you hear it and it, it, it goes by and there is no effect it's having on the people. It does, but it can affect either one way or it can affect a different way. So the gospel either can uh, bring uh, salvation to the people when people are cut in the heart and, uh, want to be saved, or it can cause, uh, uh, bring damnation to the people when the people are caught in their heart and reject the good news or the gospel of Yahshua, the Messiah. This is the effect of the gospel. And we know from our own experience when we preach this gospel uh, to the people uh, either in class or trying to uh, talk to uh, uh, family and friends, we have these two opposite uh, reactions. And it's, uh, so if it's so, it, it has to be reflected uh, in the law and in the prophets, because we remember Isaiah 8 and 20, which says to the law and to the prophets, so if they don't speak this word, it's because there is no uh, 
if if they don't speak according to this word, because there is no uh, light uh, in them. So if we go, for example, uh, to the book of the law, and let's uh, go to the story as you see on this Moses chart before you, uh, the story of Exodus of children of Israel out of Egypt. And let's read how Yahweh Elohim led uh, the children of Israel out of Egypt. So he's, so they came out of Egypt and how did they come out of Egypt? They had to sacrifice the lamb and to put this uh, lamb uh, on the door. Uh, and then, uh, which is the picture of, uh, or allegory of Yahshua, the Messiah. And then they have to go through the Red Sea uh, to the wilderness of Sinai. So this is the picture of death, burial, resurrection, or the preaching of the gospel of death, burial, and resurrection. Because this chart of the exodus of uh, children of Israel out of Egypt is the physical reflection of the invisible exodus of our soul from the spiritual Egypt or the power of darkness when we don't know anything about our creator to the spiritual light and eventually to uh, the promised uh, uh, kingdom of Yahweh or eternal life, which is typified by Canaan land on, in the top, uh, on the top of this chart. But uh, when children of Israel are coming out of Egypt, they are following the cloud. And we know that the cloud is that's how Yahweh depicted uh, himself uh, in the Bible. So the cloud is the allegory of the spirit. And uh, let's, uh, let's read what's happening. Exodus uh, chapter 14, and let's read verses 19 and 20. Exodus chapter 14, starting to verse 19. And the angel of Yahweh, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them. And the pillar of the cloud went from, from before their face and stood behind them. 20. And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel, and it was a cloud and darkness to them but it gave light by night to these, so that the one came not near the other all the night. Right, so this uh, cloud, which is allegorical of uh, Yahweh or allegorical of the gospel as well, it's uh, because we are saved you know, by Yahweh and uh, in uh, First Corinthians, 15th chapter, it's talking about being saved by the gospel. So the gospel and the truth, it's light for one, and it's light in this case for the children of Israel, because children of Israel are uh, the chosen people. 
and its darkness to the Egyptians. And the Egyptians are those who don't know Yahweh and who are not chosen. So there is a, a division in the purpose of uh, Yahweh because he did not uh, come to save the whole world as uh, uh, you can hear in uh, many uh, Christian uh, denominations. Uh, he uh, came to save those who he has predestined from the foundation of the world. Like he has chosen uh, children of Israel to be his special people. We can read about it in Deuteronomy 7th chapter. And in the whole Bible, we'll read how he delivers children of Israel from different kind of uh, enemies, whether it's Egyptians or from the Babylonian captivity and, uh, and so forth. But this is the purpose to show that he has a, a, a predestined you know, group of the uh, people who are chosen by Yahweh to be saved, which is called in the Bible, uh, 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 Israel, uh, who are by the spirit or spiritual Israel. Let's read about it in Romans 2, 28 and 29, please. Romans 2 and 28. For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of Yahweh. Right. So therefore, what we read in the Old Testament about uh, physical Israel or uh, uh, nation chosen after the flesh, it's uh, type and shadow, according to Romans 1, 19 and 20, which in a nutshell says that the uh, spiritual things of Yahweh are manifested by the things that he made. So this uh, physical Israel is allegorical or type and shadow of the spiritual Israel uh, or those who believe in the true gospel of Yahshua the Messiah. So therefore those who believe in the true gospel of Yahshua the Messiah, to them Yahweh or his gospel is light. And for those who don't believe this gospel or this teaching is darkness. So that's the example in the law. Let's go into example uh, in the prophets. Let's go to Isaiah. We're all familiar with the scripture, but let's read it. Isaiah 28 from nine to 13. Isaiah 28 and nine. Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breasts. For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, 
line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. To whom he I'll said, interrupt, I'll interrupt you for a second. So it's with the stammering lips, uh, lips and another tongues, uh, he will speak to this people. And this is a prophecy about Yahshua the Messiah, because when Yahshua comes, he is talking with a, another tongue. So people don't understand him. And by another tongue, I mean, he is talking to them in parables. And speaking in parables, it means uh, another, uh, it's, it's like speaking in another tongue because you have to understand what this parable uh, means. Uh, continue on, please. Well, to whom he said, this is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. But the word of Yahweh was upon them, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little, that they might go and fall backward and be broken and snared and taken. So you see, it's the same gospel of uh, uh, Yahweh, Elohim, or Yahshua the Messiah, which for, and it's percept upon percept, line upon line, and that's the way we uh, preach in this class. And this is the way which was uh, revealed to our founder, uh, Dr. Kinley, who had the divine vision of and revelation. And by the way, Dr. Kinley, was saying, and uh, in my experience, uh, it's, uh, it's true that in the churches, and I visited different churches with different denominations, they don't teach in the uh, churches line upon line, percept upon percept to the law, to the prophets, to the fulfillment by Yahshua, uh, the Messiah, to the spiritual, uh, uh, meaning or the spiritual truth which was uh, revealed uh, to Paul and uh, other apostles. So it's not the way which is preached in the world. But going back to Isaiah, this line upon line, percept upon percept, for some people, it says it's rest. For, for whom it's rest? For those who uh, are uh, predestined by uh, uh, Yahweh to hear this truth and to accept it. But for others, uh, they don't uh, understand it and they fall uh, backwards. So for some, it's for glory and for salvation. And for some, it's for uh, destruction. Now, Yahshua is uh, fulfilling it uh, this in a, a different ways, but let's read Matthew uh, chapter 13 from verses from 10 to 17. What we uh, start reading in starting from verse 10, before that, Yahshua is telling his disciples the parable about the sword and the seed. And the disciples don't understand what... Uh, what he means by that. And then Yahshua explains to them. 
Matthew chapter 13, verses 10 through what? Uh, from uh, 10 to 17. Chapter 13, Matthew, verse 10 through 17. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. For whosoever has to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever has not from him shall be taken away, even that he has. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing, because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. For in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing you shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing you shall see, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you, that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which you see, and have not seen them, and to hear those things which you hear, and have not heard them. Matthew so, 10 through uh, 17. Yeah, yeah, thank you. So Yahshua is, uh, you know, telling uh, his disciples the same thing, that, you know, the gospel, which he's uh, preaching uh, in, in parables, they are for them, to understand and later on if we read from 18 i don't have time to do it you know he is explaining them the parable but for others you know it's uh, not not the case because you know they are not uh, uh, predestined to uh, receive their salvation or to have spiritual understanding and i should stress that understanding of uh, the gospel of Yahshua the Messiah and I mean spiritual understanding because they can be it can be uh, intellectual or academic uh, knowledge and understanding of the gospel but that's not what we are talking about there is a spiritual understanding which does not depend on uh, people's IQ on people's level of education, on people's intellect. So even the you know, greatest uh, philosophers uh, didn't understand the uh, purpose of Yahweh. Why? Because it comes only by divine revelation, because that's what you know, the scriptures are, are, are talking, talking about. Um, uh, for example, uh, while I am talking about it, Second Corinthians, third chapter, and let's uh, read uh, verse. Start start reading from verse thirteen. 
Second Corinthians 3 and 13. And not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. But their minds were blinded, for unto this day remains the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Yahshua. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to Yahshua, the veil shall be taken away. Thank you. So it's just, uh, and, on, and there are other places in the Bible showing that the uh, understanding of this Old uh, Testament or the purpose of Yahweh, which is uh, uh, hidden in allegories in the Old Testament of the Bible, which uh, uh, in Judaism, you know, people cannot understand. And there are uh, very uh, wise and knowledgeable rab rabbis through the history of, um, uh, you know, through the Jewish history who try to uh, interpret the Bible. They uh, wrote chapters in Talmud and they revered in Judaism, but without Yahshua, they uh, still couldn't understand, you know, the purpose of Yahweh. They couldn't understand that the scriptures, which they so much revere, they all scriptures testify about Yahshua, the Messiah, as he says in uh, uh, John 5 and uh, 39. You search the scriptures because in them you think you have eternal life, but they are them that uh, testify of me. Now, going to uh, the writings of the apostles, well, again, we're on the same train of thought about the gospel being light to once. And uh, uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, I see the message. So I have 10 minutes left. Light to once and uh, darkness to uh, others. 15. Uh, let's, oh, 15 minutes. Okay. Okay, great. Thank you. Until 8.10. Okay. Um, so let's, uh, next chapter of Second Corinthians, chapter 4. Let's read from the beginning. Second Corinthians. Go ahead, Karen. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of Yahweh deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of Yahweh. So, uh, Paul, uh, sorry, Paul is talking about... Uh, uh, the believers who received the gospel of Yahshua, the Messiah. And for them, this uh, gospel is the light because it's, it's uh, cleansing their conscience. It's affecting their uh, behavior and so forth. Continue on. But if, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, 
in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Yahshua, who is the image of Elohim, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Yahshua the Messiah, and ourselves your servants for Yahshua's sake. For Yahweh, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of Yahweh in the face of Yahshua the Messiah. Thank you. So you see, yeah, that's uh, that's what I wanted. So it's uh, again, it's the same gospel, but it's different effects of the gospel, you know, to those who are predestined to uh, salvation and will go into the age uh, to come. Actually, if you, Rick, if you could uh, show me the ages and dispensations chart, please. Thank you. So we, uh, so for those who uh, are going into uh, salvation, to the fifth uh, age, and uh, those who uh, will reject uh, the gospel and uh, will not go into the fifth age or the kingdom age in righteousness. And in the last, you know, several minutes which I have, I just want to uh, address us going from. Uh, you know, from the darkness uh, to the light, or from this old world to this new world, in terms of uh, the current events, I just want to uh, to share uh, with people. I shared it in our class, but I would like uh, to share it uh, uh, a little bit uh, broader with those who uh, can be watching uh, in, on YouTube. Now, what I mean by uh, the old world and the new world, the spiritually, those of us who heard the gospel of Yahshua the Messiah and accepted the gospel of Yahshua the Messiah and received as the gift uh, the Holy Spirit uh, given by uh, Yahshua. So we made a transition from old man or from our previous world, old world, to this new world. But also on the universal uh, scale, looking on this chart of ages and dispensations, we are waiting for the transition uh, from this fourth age or age, physical age, the last uh, physical age to the spiritual age, because we're still in a physical uh, body. And this old world is going to pass, you know, with universal revelation of Yahshua the Messiah. Now, what are the uh, reflections uh, uh, happening in the world? Because Yahshua, the way I see it and the way I would like to share it with you, Yahshua is telling us his people that this transition is coming near, that the end, this old world is approaching. Now, um, so was it a month ago or so, 
the king, uh, queen, sorry, queen Elizabeth II died. She was the uh, queen of England. Now England represents the old world compared uh, to the United States, which is the figure of the new world, as we know. Now, uh, uh, Queen Elizabeth was uh, ruling England before she died for 70 years. Several days before that, it was another big event in the uh, news, not as big as uh, the death of uh, Queen Elizabeth II, but it was also a death of a very prominent uh, world leader who was Mikhail Gorbachev. Mikhail Gorbachev was the last uh, leader of uh, uh, Soviet Russia or Soviet Union. And Soviet Union is also a figure of this old world because for, for example, compared with the uh, uh, contemporary uh, Russia, the Soviet Union, it's, uh, you know, it's the old world and now uh, Russia, it's a, it's a very different uh, country compared with what it uh, used to be. Now the Soviet Union had uh, power for 70 years as well. So we see a very strange uh, coincidence of this world leader is dying, represent, representing this old world, and there is a 70 uh, attached to it. Now, there is another world leader who unfortunately we hear a lot right now uh, on the news and there are not uh, good things we hear about him, rightly so. This is Vladimir Putin. Now, Vladimir Putin is, um, is a leader of Russia who in comparison with uh, uh, the Western world and even with Ukraine, who is a more westernized uh, country than uh, Russia would be uh, also the type you know, of this old uh, world or old uh, government. Uh, his name, Vladimir, his name actually, is, his middle name is Vladimir as well. He is Vladimir Vladimirovich Putin. And uh, Vladimir means the ruler of the world. So he has, you know, this title, which as we know is attributed, you know, to the mystery of uh, iniquity who wants to rule the world. So, and uh, Putin is a type of uh, Antichrist. And he's also the type of the ruler of the old world. Now, several days ago, on October 7th, he turned 70 years old. And as we read in the news uh, right now, you know, uh, the uh, commentators or politicians who know what's going on, there is little doubt, if any doubt, that Ukraine is winning this war and that the Putin regime is, uh, uh, is uh, losing power and it's pretty much doomed. So it's going to be 
the end of the old world as well. So what does it show, spiritually speaking so, the end of this old world and 70? And why it is 70? Now, remember that the, uh, the old world, whether it's religious world, or if it's uh, the world in general, it, in the Bible, it can be likened to uh, Babylon, because Babylon, which means confusion, it's the type of this physical world. We can see confusion in the uh, in a religious world with all denominations argue with each other, and uh, you know people are shedding blood of each other, like Christians, Muslims, uh, and so forth. But also in the physical world, it's a confusion uh, as well. And uh, I don't need to convince anybody because if you turn on the news and you will be convinced uh, from what you hear in the news. So, and how long the children of Israel, remember children of Israel, physical Israel is the type of the spiritual Israel. So it's a type of the chosen people and how long chosen people uh, or Israel was in captivity to, uh, in Babylon. It was 70 years. Again, spiritually uh, pointing out that 70 is the, again, spiritual time of spiritual Israel or us being in this old world or in this physical world. And another witness, I think, uh, try uh, reading Psalms 19 and 10, I believe. Psalms 19 and 10. Anybody? Hello? Psalms 19 and 10. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey in the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant. No. Is I'm sorry, where, where, where are you reading? Did you say Psalms 19 and 10? No, no, Psalms 90. Maybe I misspoke. Oh, 90. Psalms I'm sorry. 90, 90 and 10. No, I just misheard you. Sorry. Psalms 90, 90, 90 and 10. The days of our years are three score years and 10. And if that's, that's yeah, a so yeah, that's it. So day of, of our years, it's uh, three score and 10. So three score and 10 is 70. So they, according to the Bible, the days of our uh, years, on this physical average you know, lifespan in this physical body is 70 years. So, you know, I see the witnesses, like three witnesses in the, in the history right now that, thank you, I have five minutes, but I'm pretty much done, that, you know, the end of this old world is happening, the 70 and 70 attached to it as a, as a, uh, you know, 
for us, you know, for us to uh, to take heed and to uh, to come to class and to hear uh, the gospel of Yahshua the Messiah and to be in the light because we are not, you know, those who are perished, but we are uh, those who Yahshua has chosen because he brought us to this gospel so we can hear the gospel and we can receive the eternal life. And therefore, we broadcasting this gospel throughout the whole world because we don't know who Yahweh's chosen are. And uh, it's his um, uh, job and it, it's his purpose to bring to this gospel uh, people through internet, through whatever means he finds uh, necessary uh, to bring people in touch with this uh, gospel before it's too late. But, you know, I hope you, uh, it was uh, clear enough and uh, I hope we all can see that uh, our redemption, uh, we, our soul has been saved if we receive the gospel of Yahshua and now we're waiting for the salvation of our body, which will be changed into a glorified body. And when we all will uh, uh, go together in unity to the uh, glorification, to be glorified with uh, Yahshua in the fourth age or in the, uh, not, the four, not in the uh, fourth age, in the fifth age, or in the kingdom age, age of immortality in a spiritual blissful existence. Thank you for your attention and praise be to Yasha. Thank you. Our final speaker this evening will please be Dr. Dennis Volpe, Dean of the Oceanside California School. Good evening, class. First of all, sound check. You can all hear me, I'm assuming. Sound yeah. great. Sound good, Doc. All right, great. Never know when these things fail, but anyhow, um, it was an interesting scripture reading we read tonight and an interesting testimony that went along with it uh, that has been discussed so far. And I want to go back to that scripture reading because uh, what we'll do is we'll try to work off of a few things that happened in this scripture reading and tie it into some of the things also that uh, Sasha was talking about. So let's go ahead and start right at 1, 5, 1 of Acts. Acts, the fifth chapter, verse 1. But a certain man named Ananias, Ananias with Saprina, his wife, sold a possession and kept back part of the price his wife also being privy to it, and brought a certain part and pay and laid it at the apostles' feet. Mm -hmm. But Peter said, Ananias, why hath Satan filled thy heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back part of the price of the land? While it's remained, was it not thine own? 
And after it was so, was it not in thy own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thy heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto Yahweh. And Ananias, hearing this, these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. And great fear came on all them that heard these things. And the now, young man arose. All right, now, now let's just take the point here. This man, Ananias, was a member of the congregation. And here, uh, here Peter is confronting him because he didn't do what he knew he should do, and he was lying about uh, what he did and why he did it. So keep reading now. Six. And the young men arose, wound him up, and carried him out and buried him. Mm -hmm. And it was about the space of three hours after when his wife, not knowing what was done, came in. And Peter answered unto her, Tell me whether you sell the land for so much. And she said, Yea, for so much. Then Peter said unto her, How is it that ye have agreed together to attempt the spirit, to tempt the spirit of Yahweh? Behold, the feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door, and shall carry thee out. Then she fell down straightway at his feet, and yielded up the ghost. And the young man came in and found her dead and carried her forth, buried her by her husband. Now here's what we've got. We've got an example of uh, these two people that were expected to give up everything that they had sold uh, for obviously the cause of trying to use for the propagation of, of the gospel. And they were hiding some of it for their own personal needs or use, and then lied about it. Now, what that makes me think about is this. It makes me think about how that we come into this class just like they were taught up under, they themselves, I'm talking about Ananias and his wife, have been taught the gospel by Peter. And we come down here, we hear this gospel preached, we recognize that this teaching is special. We recognize that it's of the Holy Spirit. It's not of man. And we also have been instructed that this teaching is for the intent purpose of having us, as it were, preach the gospel in all the world for witness so that the end can come. And we know that that requires us to be diligent in our dedication of serving Yahshua in the gospel of salvation and being servants of Yahshua. And when we don't give what we know we're supposed to give, there is a problem. When we recognize that we're not being as diligent or as obedient to what has been commanded to us by not only Yahshua, but even Dr. Kinley. Now, Yahshua told them to go out and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And we know that after Pentecost, the apostles went out and began to preach the gospel at the expense of suffering and also being martyred for the gospel. 
And we know that they gave everything to do the will of Yahshua, to be obedient to the commandment. And Yahshua explained to them that in Matthew 24, in this gospel shall be preached in all the world for a witness, and the end shall come. And so the founder gave us that same, if you will, uh, uh, same uh, responsibility in 1975 at the last international convention before the founder uh, passed away or took off the flesh. He made us, uh, uh, he, uh, you, uh, you, in other words, our theme for the convention from that for point forward was that this gospel must be preached in all the world for a witness, and then the end shall come. Now, they sent three ecclesiastical peace missions around the world back in the 70s, where they went and tried to offer this teaching to whomever would give an ear and, and, and preach these things in front of many famous religious leaders and, and, and congregations to uh, uh, convince them of the error of their way and that this teaching was a product directly from Yahweh himself, not of a man's mind. And we've come to embrace that. Now, Sasha was talking about, uh, you know, uh, some of the history of, uh, of the Soviet Union and Russia. And we know that when they went into uh, Russia, uh, one of the ecclesiastical peace missions, that Dr. Kinley had made the comment later to them that he said, some of my people are in there. And at that time, of course, and Sasha can testify to this, religion was not something that was uh, encouraged in the Soviet Union. It was discouraged. And so many Americans believed that the Soviet Union and all the people in the Soviet Union were basically atheists. Now, I know that's crazy, but you got the Catholic Church propagating many of these ideas. Uh, because of the fact that there's been a conflict between the Roman Catholic Church and communism. Now, my point is, what do we got going on here? What's going on with what we see in Acts and what we're talking about that's going on in the world? We have a divided house of the mystery of iniquity that is an operation actually warring against themselves. Now, what you have is, uh, go over and get me the A. Asherah chart, please. All right. Now, if you can see, there is a tabernacle that is painted here. Uh, uh, this tabernacle here is a rep. Well, what is painted on this chart is representing that the pattern is an operation in both mysteries. We've got. We've got the mystery of righteousness that uh, uh, is operating in this uh, tabernacle on the left here. And what you see is the sun is up, and which means that there's light throughout that tabernacle. Then we have the silhouette of a woman, which is the bride, which is inside the tabernacle, which represents the body of Yahshua. The tabernacle is a physical example of the body of Yahshua spiritual body of Yahshua. And the woman is contained right within that, that body. And then we see that the sun is up. 
and shining brightly above that woman's head, and every compartment is in light. Now, down at the bottom, we see that there is a, uh, uh, a moon that is portrayed there, and the moon is under the woman's feet. Go over and get Revelations 12 and 1, if you would, please. Revelations 12 and 1. Mm -hmm. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet. Now that's exactly, what, that's exactly what you're looking at here. You're looking at a woman clothed with the sun. Now let me talk about that woman just for a minute. That woman isn't actually a lady that Yasha says, gee, you know, she's pretty attractive. I think I'm going to have this woman uh, be in my uh, tabernacle. No, the woman represents the congregation of souls that are the bride of Yahshua, or the church, or the assembly. So that all of those souls make up that bride, just like at the mountain there when Yahweh Elohim brought the children of Israel up out of the land of Egypt and gathered them around Mount Sinai, the whole congregation was his bride. All the members of the Israelites there were a bride to Yahweh Elohim. So what we have here is we have on the spiritual side a bride that the physical one back there at Mount Sinai was a type and a shadow of, and that this bride here is the congregation of souls that have been gathered together in Yahshua that are now in light. Now the moon under her feet, there's a couple of ways you can work with that. We understand that the sun represents the light of the spirit. That is to say, the revelation and understanding of Yahweh in his purpose and plan. That's what we have going on here with that light. Now the moon means that's under her feet. Let me sh show you something about the moon. When Yahweh Elohim created the heavens and the earth, we know that on the fourth day, he talks about how he put a, put the, a greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. Now, the lesser light is represented by the moon. And we know that during the nighttime, that the light that the moon is shining onto the earth is nothing more than a reflection, a diffused reflection of the sunlight. Now for centuries, they did not know that the light bounced off the moon from the sun. Man believed that the moon was luminescent and that shone light at nighttime. Now we understand now that that was a reflection of sunlight. Now I want you to go over for a minute to, I think it's in Jeremiah 31.31 there with the covenants. Let's go over there and get that for a minute. Since I have the time to develop this, then what we'll do is, is we'll try to break this down for you so it makes some sense. Okay, where am I here? I'm in the wrong book. We want to be in Jeremiah. We'll start at Jeremiah 31.31. Go ahead. Jeremiah 31.31 Behold, the days come, saith Yahweh, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Now right there, 
right there, Yahweh has promised them that he's going to do something spectacular. They don't know just how spectacular it is. I mean, all of these, all of these scribes and Pharisees, and I, I dare say even the churches today are diswrought when they hear this gospel teach because it's taking away such things as uh, in Judaism they could eat pork after the day of Pentecost and they could uh, you know they didn't any longer have to follow these uh, rituals of uh, ceremonies of uh, the holidays and all the things that were set up back there under the law and all of that was we know is type shadows and allegories and we're talking about how that stuff has been done away with. Now, they did not want to hear that back there at the time that Peter, James, and John were running around and talking to the people, not about keeping the Sabbath, for an example, or not about uh, uh, making sure they had the Passover supper on the Passover, the day of the Passover, and all of this other stuff. To them, which represented the cornerstone of their religion, which was to these traditions. Now, what they were doing was they were trying to share the direct light or the principles that those things represented under the new covenant because now that new covenant is a covenant of the day. It's a covenant of the light. And so what we have happen here is Yahweh says he's going to make a new covenant, yet none of these scribes and Pharisees ever talk about what the new covenant is. They don't come up here and say, well, we know this has got to end at some point, and so we're waiting to find out what's going to be under this new covenant that they themselves have read Jeremiah 31, 31. And the churches read these things, but it goes right over their head. It doesn't penetrate. They don't understand that the new covenant is not going to be like the old one. The old one is physical and fleshly, outwardly demonstrated, the new one is all going on internally within a person's soul, within their heart and mind. So keep reading there in Jeremiah 31, 31. Behold, the days come, saith Yahweh, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, with my covenant they break, although I was a husband unto them, saith Yahweh. Now Yahweh, Elohim, literally was the husband of Israel. And he said he would provide for their well-being, he would fight their battles, he would do all these marvelous things to them and give them the fruit of the land, all of these things. The only thing he asked them to do was to love, honor, and obey him. And turn aside from the any temptation to worship a false deity. And when I say false, I mean a deity that doesn't even exist. Now, that's what he wanted, he required of Israel. But we all know what happened when Israel went up into the land of Canaan. By and by, they started worshiping Baal and Tammuz and, and Ashtoreth and all these other uh, pagan deities that were taught to them by the Canaanites. And Yahweh sent them into captivity, just as he said he would do when he gave the blessings and curses written about in the book of Deuteronomy. Keep reading. 33. Excuse me. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with them 
house of Israel after those days, saith Yahweh Elohim. I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their Elohim and they shall be my people. Now listen, under the old covenant, Yahweh never said that he would write the law in their hearts or in their inward parts. He wrote it on tables of stone and it was external to them. The laws that were written on that, what we call the Ten Commandment laws, were, were external to the people. And that law never made it inside those people. Now that's represented by the fact that when Moses came down with the, as we say, the first set of stones, that were he was instructed to put those stones in the Ark of the Covenant. But when he came down and saw the people worshiping that idol, he waxed hot, as they say, or in other words, he was angry, and he smashed those stones, so those stones never made it inside the Ark of the Covenant. The first law did not get inside the Ark, or that is to say, it represents that the first law was never put in the people. The second law, which was taken from, a, from beneath, where Moses had to hew out stones and bring them up the mountain, and Yahweh wrote in those, represents the Old Covenant, and that made it in the Ark of the Covenant, which represents, the, the as we know, the stones were in the shape of a heart, and the Ark of the Covenant represents your mind, if you will, or your brain, and that means his law was, was made it inside your heart and mind. That's what it's reflective of, or manifesting. Keep reading. 34. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know Yahweh, for they shall all know me, from the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith Yahweh. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. Now listen, when he told them that he said, And you shouldn't teach every man your neighbor, and your brother saying, no, Yahweh. Well, are we saying then that we're not supposed to go out and teach people about the gospel of Yahshua the Messiah and the purpose of Yahweh? Well, once that law is written in someone's heart, they become your neighbor and brother, fellow citizens in the body of Yahshua. And all the congregation that exists inside that tabernacle that represents that shape of that woman, that's the congregation of souls, are now in the light, and they all now know Yahweh, and you don't have to say to them, know Yahweh, because it will be in their hearts now written to know and understand by Yahweh revealing himself to those that become recipients of the new covenant, which is Yahshua in you. That's what the new covenant is. Now, keep reading. 35. Thus saith Yahweh, which given the sun for a light, which given the sun for a light by day, and the ordinance of, of the moon and of the stars for a light by night. Now listen, he just said that the moon represents the ordinances. Ordinances of the moon are a light by night. Now get me over to the uh, elementary chart, please. All right, now we know what happened here 
when uh, we start at the top plate here in the upper left-hand corner, and we see that's Lucifer there where that angel is, and that angel is, de is deceiving Lucifer there at the tree. And then here's Adam sitting over here watching this, and we know that she partook of the fruit. We also know that later Adam also ate of the fruit that his wife did give him. Now, what I want you to understand, when Yahweh sent them both out of that Garden of Eden, it was during the cool of the day, which means the sun was starting to go down and the day was cooling off. So therefore, both sons, I'm talking about uh, Adam, who is the son of Elohim, and the sun in the sky uh, are going down in this state of death or condemnation is what it's representing here. Uh, with Adam, both sons go down together in the purpose. So we have sundown from Adam all the way up to Yahshua the Messiah. Why? When Yahshua comes in, he said, I am the light of the world, the light that lighteth every man. So when Yahshua comes in and is born into the world, and he is the light of the world, we know that when Yahshua gets up on that cross, here and we see it over here in this plate down below here, uh, down at down yes, Yash was put on this cross. He's buried in this tomb, and we see when he comes out of this tomb there, the sun is starting to rise, showing both suns came up together in the resurrection. So when sun goes down, that's the beginning of nighttime. When the sun rises, that's the beginning of the daytime. So what we have happening is, go over and get me now the elementary chart, uh, not the elementary chart, the chronology chart, please. So what we see here is during this third age, uh, well, let's start with Adam. Adam is right here in the first age, and he's sent forth out of the garden right from the first age. Him dying, on that, dying at the cross and being sent forth out of the garden closes out this first age and opens up the second age, which is the antediluvian age, or age before the flood. And in the post-diluvian age, this is when the, the law of Moses comes into effect, is during the third age, the post-diluvian age. So what we find out is, and we've got Old Covenant written right over here on this chart. Now what we're seeing then is that from Adam, that sundown, Yahweh is putting out the light, the lesser light, to rule the night. Now that night, ladies and gentlemen, is spiritual ignorance or darkness, meaning no man knows or understands the reality of Yahweh or his purpose and plan. And so therefore, because they are carnally minded and in darkness, he gives them the moon and its ordinances. Now the moon and its ordinances was this covenant from Mount Sinai. That covenant, ladies and gentlemen, was a reflection of sunlight, of the light of the new covenant, but it was not the real light. It was just a reflection or a type, shadow, or allegory. And that covenant then, when the Messiah came in, he had to first fulfill or finish this covenant. And you know yourself, if you've ever gotten up early, you know, and the sun begins to rise, you'll know that as the sun rises, the moon loses its so-called visibility. Eventually, the sun drowns out the moon, and you don't see the moon. 
So what happens is, as Joshua is coming into uh, his uh, ministry here, ending these laws and ordinances, or fulfilling these ordinances that were set up in covenant, he is now going to, and he's, and he's telling them things, he's speaking to them. You, we, uh, 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 Sasha talked about how he spoke to them in parables, but everything he said, there was a principle in it, a, a spiritual reality that he was expressing through the parable. Now, on the day of Pentecost, what we find is when Yahshua rises from that tomb, he resurrected a quickening spirit, life-giving. And on the day of Pentecost, when he pours out his spirit that enters into the hearts and minds of Peter and the 120 people in that upper room, the apostles and others that were in that upper room, they begin to comprehend and understand the things that were spoken to them by Yahshua while they were yet under the moonlight. That is to say, back here, trying to keep the ordinances of the Old Covenant. So those moon, the moon and its ordinances had to be done away with. And so what we find out, now keep reading, uh, you, uh, read that again, 2025, where you were there. Or is that 35? I can't read the, the numbers 35. there. Keep reading, read that again. 35. Thus saith Yahweh, which giveth the sun for a light by day, and the ordinances of the moon and the stars for a light by night, mm -hmm. which divideth the sea when the waves thereof roar. And Yahweh of hosts is his name. That's right. Now, what, what we're doing is we are starting to come to a knowledge under this covenant of the reality of the name of Yahweh and why it is holy, and that name Yahshua. Keep reading the next verse. If those ordinances depart from before me, saith Yahweh, then the seed of Israel also shall cease from being a nation before me forever. Now here's what happens. When Yahshua took away these ordinances, he died on this cross. He ended the covenant from Mount Sinai, and Israel, physical Israel, was no longer married to Yahweh Elohim from that point forward. She was free to marry another. Now that's why Yahshua sent uh, the, the Holy Spirit to the Jew first, and then to the Gentiles later. The Jews were the first, I'll, I'll use this term, uh, they got the first crack at it, of receiving the Holy Spirit. Now here's the reason for that, because Yahweh is now going to call those Israelites, through the preaching by the, by the apostles, to be a partaker of the new covenant. Yahweh is not obligated to save them any longer. And therefore, they either, you follow, be chosen and called and brought into the light, or they remain under the old covenant, which is the covenant of death. Now what I want you to know is that those Jews had to be raised up in their understanding first of the principles of Yahweh, and the precepts of Yahweh, because they would be instrumental when the Gentiles are now brought in to school and teach them and instruct them, since the Gentiles never read the law or the Old Testament or the Bible. And they didn't have books back then that they just handed out books to people and say, here, go home and study this. They had to go in and be instructed by a set, of a scroll that had the Torah, or the Law and the Prophets in it, where they would show them 
these things that were written in there were fulfilled by Yahshua the Messiah. And that's how the Gentiles were raised up by being schooled by those Jews that had been taught the law, uh, 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 being raised in Judaism. Now, what I want you to see is this. That mystery of iniquity is always behind, lagging behind, to follow, try to follow them right in so he can take over. And, and a good example is that when Pharaoh and his host went after the Israelites when they were coming up out of Egypt after the 10th plague, they saw the Israelites go through that Red Sea because they were held back, as you know, and when they went into the sea, Yahweh drowned them right there in the Red Sea, closed the sea in on them. So they were not allowed to continue in that pursuit in that physical body. So what happened is, and this is the way Dr. Kinley put it, he said that that uh, host of the Egyptians, because Pharaoh that was Lucifer incarnated in there, when they died, he said, you can't drown a satanic spirit with water. He said all they did was they were disembodied at the Red Sea, and then those spirits went and incarnated into bodies of Israelites that went into the wilderness. So the devil chased them right down, disembodied, that went into the bodies of those men that, were, that, that went to Mount Sinai, sat there, and heard the things that Yahweh said from the top of the mountain, and then later tempted those, those satanic spirits, tempted those Israelites to bow down and worship a golden calf, which he claimed is the one that took them up out of Egypt. That's the mystery of iniquity now, manifesting in a, in a new disguise, and that is disguising himself as a member of the Hebrew or, or Jewish nation. And those people were deceived right there at the mountain to go ahead and bow down before this, this calf and worship it. Now, we also understand that those men rose up against Moses later on. And the ones that rose up against Moses, they were upset because Moses announced that the first high priest was going to be his brother Aaron. And right away, these Levites rose up and said, you take too much upon you, aren't we all holy? They thought he was just trying to keep the power in the family. So he gave it to his brother, not knowing that he was instructed by Yahweh to uh, make uh, uh, Aaron the first high priest, then Nadab and Abihu the two low priests. And Moses was just being obedient to what Yahweh said. Now they rose up and brought accusations against Moses, and we know the result of what happened there. Yahweh destroyed those people. He opened up the earth and swallowed them. Now, what I'm showing you is that mystery of iniquity, he's smart enough to come right within the ranks of those that are now under the new covenant, just like he did back there when he came up out of Egypt and went into the Israelites themselves and various men to raise them up against Moses and Aaron and Joshua and Caleb. And that's the same thing that's going on now. So Yahshua warned them before the age changed. He said that, that Satan uh, would, would uh, uh, come to you as a sheep in wolf's clothing. I mean, as a wolf in sheep's clothing. And he warned them that grievous wolves would enter into the congregation. And this is what happened after Pentecost. You'll find out that, that eventually what happened 
is a, a certain amount of time, there was no trouble, and then all of a sudden the trouble starts. And here's Peter and James and John and Paul have to deal with false doctrines that are being taught from right within the congregation. People being subverted. People becoming apostate, where they denied what they first said that they accepted and believed. And that mystery of iniquity, that's how he works, ladies and gentlemen. There's, he's not going to stop it, and it isn't going to end when the Dr. Kinley comes in either. Uh, Dr. Kinley told us, he said, I'm raising up both mysteries sitting right down here on a chair. And that mystery of iniquity is always going to be amongst the brethren. Wherever the, wherever the eagles gather, you see, that's where you're going to have the, uh, uh, the mystery of iniquity show up as well. He's going to show right up there, and he's going to try to get in there and create division and strife amongst the brethren. And that's what he does. And so what we see here in this chapter is a couple of people that obviously didn't do what they knew. Their conscience told them that what they were doing was wrong. Otherwise, they would have just said, well, hey, most, uh, or Peter, hey, I'm going to sell this, but I'd like to keep a, you know, a few dollars for myself. And then Peter could have corrected them right there. No, you're not, you better not do that. And then, they, oh, okay, fine, we won't do it. But they kept it quiet. And obviously, the Holy Spirit revealed what they were doing. And the result of them lying caused them to lose their lives. Yahweh took them down, ladies and gentlemen. And so, what we want to have happen, we don't want that mystery of iniquity to try to cause us to lie to ourselves, ladies and gentlemen, because that's where the, the harm starts, is when the mystery of iniquity tries to wear you down and then get you to believe that it's okay for you to think like this, it's okay for you to say this about your brethren, it's okay for you to do this, and, be, and then justify it. And we can't be doing that, ladies and gentlemen. We have to face the truth right within ourselves and realize that what we're uh, really, the, the measuring rod for everything we say and do is what we know that Yahshua himself did when he walked in the flesh and how he conducted himself when he was amongst these satanic spirits. You understand? And even when he was amongst the apostles, he manifested forbearance, long-suffering with all the apostles, even Judas. He was uh, 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 had to manifest a certain degree of, of kindness to Judas so that when Judas did betray him, that's why he felt so much guilt that he tried to, tried to take it back after he did it. We all know what happened. He went and hung himself. But what I want you to see is that we have to learn how to apply the new covenant, which is a change in our heart and a change in our mind, so that we do the things that represent the divine nature. And that is not an easy thing to do, ladies and gentlemen. That's why Yahshua told them uh, in Matthew, I think it's the fifth chapter, where he talked about that if you're... Well, let's go get that for a minute. Let's go over to Matthew 5. And let me see where we want to begin here. Oh boy, it's down further in the chapter, I think. Uh, Matthew 5 and 17 comes No, to no, this is way down in the chapter where he talks about where he talks about um, 
uh, loving your enemy. Okay, here it is. Uh, let's start at 43. Matthew 5 and 43. <clears throat> you have heard that it has been said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Now listen, that that's what he did, lady. He didn't just talk the talk, he walked the walk also. You understand? Read. <clears throat> that you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he makes his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Mm -hmm. For if you love them which love you, what reward have you? Do not even the publicans the same? It's very easy for you to love people that love you, that think you're, you know, that, that you're, you walk on water, you're special. It's easy for you to love those people. But to love people that don't think you're so special... That takes, that takes some divine help, ladies and gentlemen. Read. And if you salute your brethren only, what do you more than others? Do not even the, publican, do not even the publicans so? Right, read. But you therefore perfect, even as your Father, which is in heaven, is perfect. Now, when the apostles were confronted by those Pharisees and scribes again that we read about over there in the fifth chapter of, uh, of Acts tonight. You have to understand that these people are blinded by their own lust for power. They are not going to give up their power that they have over the people and the fact that they are up on a pedestal in these people's minds they're going to have to somehow quiet anything that opposes their exaltation and also try to rule the people uh, with fear. And so here they come to the apostles and they threaten them again. And we read that they couldn't do anything because, uh, you know, everybody saw what happened. And so let's go back over there real quick. So I don't quote this out of, uh, uh, we're in five. I want to go downtown now where the Pharisees, uh, let's see here. Let's start at, well, they locked them up in jail. You know that. And the angels got them out of that jail. As Dr. Kinley said, he just they ectoplasmatically dematerialized them, then rematerialized them. Because <laughs> when they got through, the doors were still locked, but there was nobody home. <laughs> you know, and they didn't know what to do about that. Now, here's what happens. They then sent those uh, men out to arrest them again. Now, let's start around 25. 25. Then came one and told them, saying, Behold, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Mm-hmm. Right. Then went the captain with his officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people. 
at least they should have been stoned. Now listen, they weren't saying they brought them without violence because the uh, the uh, Peter and those uh, apostles didn't fight back. No, what they meant is they didn't get violent with Peter and those guys in front of the people. They didn't want the people to see them do that. See, read. Seven. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council. And the high priest asked them, saying, Did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Mm -hmm. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey Yahweh rather than men. Mm -hmm. And Yahweh, our father, raised up Yahshua, whom you slew and hanged on a tree. Him has Yahweh exalted. Him has Yahweh exalted with his right hand to be the prince and savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. Now listen, 32. when they said that, remember when Yahshua was crucified, one of the accusations that they wanted brought up before both Herod and Pilate, is that Yahshua was claiming he was a king, trying to incite Herod and Pilate to kill him because he was a threat then to their authority. And now, here we have that it says that uh, uh, they're telling them, coming right out, that he was a prince, and tell him he was the savior. And so these men, obviously, are not accepting that authority, and they're not even accepting the fact that their sins have not been forgiven for well over 500 years because they don't have an Ark of the Covenant. Now, if they're trying to keep the law of Moses, they're supposed to, on the Day of Atonement, offer, five-minute acknowledgement, I see it, offer... Uh, uh, they're supposed to have that, that, that uh, uh, day of atonement where they go in before the Ark of the Covenant and sprinkle the blood of bullocks and, and goats and so on. Now, they haven't been doing that for 500 years. So these men that supposedly are so learned in the scriptures, how are they getting any forgiveness for sins when they don't have an Ark of the Covenant and are not uh, 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 carrying, carrying out the way that Yahweh instructed the Levites to do this in the 16th chapter of Leviticus. Now they know they're not making an atonement. They know that their sins haven't been officially for, forgiven by the flash of the Shekinah. They know that. But they perpetuate themselves nevertheless as being righteous men and holier than thou to the people. So that they set themselves above those people, and Yahshua's telling them, because they won't acknowledge their sin and be humbled, then their sin remains with them. And they didn't want that message to go out there because they would lose the control on the people. That's why they had a problem with John the Baptist. John the Baptist was out there baptizing people unto repentance, which means they would openly admit they were sinners. The scribes and Pharisees would not submit to the uh, uh, baptism of John because they would have had to openly admit they were a sinner, and they refused to do that. Their refusal to do that, then, 
What it did is it sealed them in sin. They were sealed in the mystery of iniquity. So what we've got here with these same men that are trying to stop Peter and John, they don't want that gospel preached. They don't want that message going out because they fear that they will lose their control over the people. And so what did they do? Remember, they wouldn't do any violence, it says, uh, when, they, when they arrested them. Uh, go ahead and get down to, because I can see my time is running out. Uh, he told them that, uh, uh, and we are his witnesses. 32. And we are his witnesses of these things. And so is also the Holy Spirit, whom Yahweh hath given to them that obey him. Keep reading. When they heard that, they were cut to the heart and took counsel to slay them. Then stood there was then stood up one in the council, Pharisees named Gamaliel, mm -hmm. a doctor of the law, had in reputation among all the people and commanded to put the apostles forth a little space mm -hmm. and said unto them, You men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what ye intend to do as touching these men. For before these days rose up Thaddeus, boasting himself to be somebody, to whom a number of men, about 400, joined themselves, who were slain, and all as many as obeyed him were scattered and brought to naught. Mm -hmm. After this man rose up Judas of Galilee in the days of taxing, and drew away much people after him. He also perished, and all, even as many as obeyed him, were dispersed. And now I say unto you, refrain from these men, and let them alone. For if this counsel or this work be of men, it will come to naught. But if it be of Yahweh, you cannot overthrow it. Least happily ye be, be found even to fight against Yahweh. Mm -hmm. And to him they agreed. And when they had called the apostles and beaten them, they beat they them. That now, they once they got them back in there, be, where the people were no longer present, they beat them, and now they're going to command them not to speak the name of Yahshua, and, let, and then they let them go. Now, Gamaliel said, leave them alone. Now, Gamaliel was the very man that trained Paul the Apostle, Saul, in the law. He studied at the feet of Gamaliel, and he went out to persecute the assembly and put them to death as you know, those that were preaching this. So I want you to realize that the mystery of iniquity has always been there to deny and to persecute and is jealous of the mystery of righteousness. So when it happens, we have to expect it. We have to understand. As Doc said, I'm not kicking about it. He said, I'm just telling you so you're prepared to reject it. And so with this teaching, ladies and gentlemen, all we have to do is keep our eye on the light of the new covenant that we have been taught and the things that have been delivered to us in the simplicity of this teaching and that will carry us through any persecution or any kind of conflict that we're going to have uh, with our brethren or other people and cause us to stay on the right side of manifesting that divine nature. So I'm um, thank you for the time, the opportunity to uh, speak to you, and I'm going to hand it back to the moderator. So peace and Yashua to all. Thank you to everyone for joining us this evening.
our Madison class holds Zoom class every Wednesday, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, and we hope you will join us again. Just a quick reminder to please stay muted until the live stream has ended. We will now be dismissed by the doxology taken from the last two verses of the book of Jude. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise Yahweh, our savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our sovereign, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Let us all say, hallelujah. hallelujah.